My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners will know, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of different perspectives on leadership. And today, that journey takes us to the Alasco business and we have co-founder Dave Bladen speaking to us today on the program. Alasco is a creative dynamic stretch based fitness and lifestyle brand which designs equipment movement systems and content for the fitness industry and I must say Dave it's a real pleasure having you join us on the show this morning and thank you. Absolute pleasure Scott, absolute pleasure. Now, um, I've given there sort of a brief kind of background of what it is that um, Alasco does, but I understand that you sort of co-founded the uh, the business around about three years ago now, um, and that was sort of after quite a heavy background in the tourism industry. Did you always kind of realise that going into sort of this kind of sector, the fitness industry, was going to be sort of the uh, the way for you, or was it a very different story behind that transition? Well, actually, both passions of mine are travel and fitness so I've never I've, I've never felt as if I've really worked in, in my eyes um, I got to travel from a, a very very young age and I, I sort of moved overseas from a, a very young age when I was very early 20s 21 22 and I, I worked in the travel industry but fitness was always something that, that I did as a, a hobby and, and a passion and it, and it sort of crossed over many times during my career. So um, it, it was a natural progression, I, I believe, to, um, to, to fall into, it was my second passion, I guess, my second love, which was uh, which is uh, how, how I sort of ended up there, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And um, obviously, do you think that the experience that you gained from that sort of 20 or so years working in travel and tourism helped you when it came to starting your own business? Yeah, well, I worked for a very big tour company, and I have to say the the early um, I was a rep, so um, and I decided just to have four or five years having a lot of fun. But then I decided to make a career of it and, and move into management. The the training that you get overseas for a big tour operator was was immense, and a lot of people have commented. Um, I, I guess from my experience as a um, working in travel, people don't really they 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 sort of get this just a fun industry. But the training that you get and what you have to deal with working overseas operationally is is huge. You learn so many different skills, um, a, a, a lot of broad skills, and I think it really helped me. Um, when I wanted to be an entrepreneur, um, starting to set up my own business, it helped me immensely. The diverse situations that I was put in, and also the the learning and training that I had uh, working overseas, definitely. And just because we do have a lot of sort of younger viewers of the entrepreneurial mindset that do tend to tune into the uh, the program, having gone and sort of done it yourself, started your own business from scratch, pretty much. Um, what sort of advice would you give to sort of a young entrepreneur to sort of help get them on the road to success based on your own experience? A good question. Um, I, th- I think I, I, I'm very much um, about authenticity. I, I think the most important thing is, you know, you, you, you need to be extremely authentic in, in everything that you do. Um, 
you've got to you've got to have extreme resilience. I think um, uh, you know it's tough when you you go from working for somebody else to being an entrepreneur. So resilience mm. is extremely important. I think, um, but but nothing can beat enthusiasm. Nothing can ever beat enthusiasm, drive, and a passion for what you do. And that 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 would be my biggest advice. If you've got if you've got a great idea, you've got a lot of passion and enthusiasm, it'll work. Exactly right. Very, very sound advice indeed. And I do want to sort of expand on that R word, resilience as well, because I think we've certainly seen the value of that over the course of the last two years. And this is where we sort of address the point that running a successful business does not come without its challenges. And I think it's fair to say that the COVID-19 pandemic was, and in some cases still is, a very significant challenge that industry is having to face. And it hit sort of very, very early in Alaska's business life, didn't it? So how was it that you sort of essentially pivoted to deal with the operational challenges that the pandemic threw at you? Yeah, we we actually opened the business December 2019. And I guess within 10 weeks, there was, there, there was talk already that there was going to be a problem ahead with the pandemic. So... We'd only just started launching a, a business where we was very much a, a service-led business more than a product when we initially started. Um, so, you know, you never open the doors and it's going to be full. It takes time. You have to, you have to um, build relationships. You know, you have to communicate with people and it, it takes time to build a customer base. So we'd only just got started mm. um, before we were, we were closed, basically. So it, it, it was extremely challenging. But I think what's interesting in, in our sector is a, a lot of people had a lot of customers that were paying customers that they had to um, they had to fulfill the obligations of of servicing the clients, um, keeping them happy, motivating them under very very difficult circumstances when you have to close the doors and everything moved online, which I think some businesses already had an online presence and found that transition quite easy. But a lot of people, it was all new. So it was a, a complete learning curve. And I think it was very interesting from a, an outsider's point of view because we didn't follow everybody else. You can see after probably the first two or three weeks, I think people sat back and, and everybody rushed online to provide a service. And uh, trying to, I, I think the, I would have to say that the quality was very, very indifferent. And we always wanted to deliver um, quality over um, content and, and a lot of content. Now, you could say that's a strength and a weakness, but um, uh, it, it can go either way. You know, you, uh, it, it can be a strength to put a lot of content out there to keep people happy, but the weakness is, you know, with, with a, it, it can ruin a brand or make a, a brand um, um, look pretty poor in some circumstances. So we decided actually from the beginning just to just to sit back and just not go immediately out to our um, our, our few customers that we gained already, but actually we, we 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 reached out and just asked them, you know, what they were what they were looking for in terms of keeping them uh, moving and 
um, also sort of mentally giving people a lift. So we focused not on going online to the, to the masses of the world, but just to stick within our local community mm. where we've got a community of 1,250 um, apartments in, in East London. And we decided just to reach out to the community and say, look, what, what, what do you actually need during these difficult times? And we just provided very high quality content to the community um, that we live in. Yeah, fantastic. And I think people have really kind of tapped into sort of health and fitness during the last two years as we become much more aware of our own physical health, our own mental health and our own mortality. So certainly an opportunity for operators within industries such as yours and businesses across different sectors have found a lot of different types of inspiration to reshape their business models during COVID. And it's an interesting story for yourselves as well, isn't it, Dave? Because um, you sourced some inspiration from a uh, voyage to the uh, the Middle East as well, I understand, which sort of helped you in that journey. Yeah, well, I think we we had to batten down the hatches, so we, we were closed. We, we did some online training um, with the, the, the existing base that we built up um but it, it was pretty tough so when the third lockdown came we but it's interesting just leading up to that we um we decided very early on that um we we, we actually found a company to design some equipment for us mm. in um western germany and before i opened the studio i had some bespoke equipment made um and I've I had a good relationship with them. And six months into COVID, we started discussing a mobile stroke home use device. And um, they were extremely busy, by the way. They expanded you know, hugely through making the equipment during COVID. But we, we managed to sort of have lots of Zoom calls, lots of back and, and forward sort of conversations on designing a product um, for the market, a, a mobile version. So we decided just to fly off to Dubai, I think it was the 18th of December, uh, just before the, the the third lockdown, knowing that it was a bit risky, if I'm honest. We, we, we needed a break, emotionally a bit exhausted by it all, but we, we, we were close to actually having a product, um, very, very close to it being um, finished, the final prototype. So we decided just to fly off to Dubai and... Um, See how the journey took us, and by luck or by crook, I don't know. But we we actually got stranded uh, in Dubai, believe it or not, mm. um, because of the restrictions. And um, it wasn't the plan. Um, the plan was actually just to go for a break, and um, it ended up being a six-month journey. And uh, basically, what happened is we decided from that point to uh, get. The equipment shipped out to Dubai, and um, yeah, from there we we, uh, we we decided to film some content. So um, it, it wasn't in the plan, but we quickly realised that you know this could be beautiful. This could be a beautiful journey. So we had the bar shipped over. Uh, we learnt very quickly. It was just me and my partner, so we had to learn how to film, how to edit um we had to think about the logistics of, of where do you film in the Emirates, and uh, we, we we just had this beautiful journey and uh, and born from it is the uh, is, is is actually where we are today 
um, with a product that's just been launched. Um, it was launched two weeks ago in Cologne at the FIBO um, Expo show, and it's it's been sold globally. So um, so it was it was a huge success just to spend six months focusing on this this mobile equipment. It's amazing, isn't it, just what can happen in a crisis and what you can learn about sort of yourself, how you can remodel your business and sort of your own resilience, really, I suppose. And having all of that sort of behind you now to kind of bolster things and presumably now big plans for this new product that you're rolling out. I'd be interested to understand, Dave, just before we wrap up on the program today, what are your sort of plans for the uh, the next 12 months and beyond? What is the uh, the next step for Alaska Limited, as it were? Well, we're just we're just developing at the moment uh, an academy. So we're, and it's interesting. It's we, we've had the first orders come in from uh, New Zealand, um, America, and um, Croatia, and people are asking us that usually the distributors are asking us for train the trainer content. So our our vision at the moment is we're we're building a platform for train the trainer online courses where uh, people can create their own business model like what we've created. So it's, it's not a license or a franchise model. What it is is a model where personal trainers that want to get into stretch fitness can purchase the equipment, learn the system, and learn about how to create a business through using the Alaska bar. So that is the, the primary uh, vision at the moment. Um, alongside that, the, the business model is about selling our equipment direct. So there is a distribution model that we can, that uh, the company that we work with sells uh, globally. But mm. from a business perspective, we, we, we really need to sell direct. So um, we, we need to up our marketing campaign and, um, and, and get the brand out there, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I certainly wish you the best of luck in really pushing the Alasco brand out there, promoting that and really sort of cashing in on the opportunities that are there, because it seems that they are certainly um, plenty of them. And uh, to anybody tuning in today who might well be interested in finding out more about the Alasco brand, am I right in saying, Dave, that the website to go to would be alasco.com? That's E-L-A-S-K-O, right? Correct. Fantastic. So yeah, anybody interested in finding out more, please do visit the uh, the website, of course. And uh, by all means, Dave, uh, thank you as well for taking the time to join us on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you to sort of talk all about the uh, the business and that journey you've been on. And best of luck for the uh, the future. And do take care and stay safe with all still going on in the world as well. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. It was indeed a real pleasure welcoming Alaska's Dave Bladen onto today's programme and I do hope that everybody tuning in thoroughly enjoyed the interview today and if you do happen to be listening and you feel that you have your own business or organisation with its own story of success and innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council then by all means we do want to hear from you so why not also apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until next time, to all of our listeners, you have been listening to the Leaders' Council podcast with your host, Scott Challoner. Take care and goodbye.